welcome to the 278th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on March 31st, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's fashionably late, Carlos Rodella. Hey, sorry. I was in a meeting. <laughs> I was in those meetings you get, you know? Make Business monkey on Carlos's back. Yeah, I was uh, I was in a meeting, and I was like, I'm going to be late for this podcast. And I was. That's when you stand up, you flip the table, and you go, I'm out of here. Really? Oh, wait, I'm not at a table. I'm at my own table. Flip your own table, and then you log off Zoom and just shout to the room oh, to okay. no one. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Get, I'm done. <laughs> this uh, is over. Right. Fashionably late, but uh, I have a few games, and uh, I want to talk about them. That is exactly what we're here for, so we are in luck. Thank you for your participation, sir. Oh, you're welcome. I, I just, you know, I like doing that, talking about uh, games. <laughs> I like it, too. It's weird that we both like to do that since we're both here. That is quite a coincidence. Weird foreshadowing to a game I'm going to talk about later. Oh, snap. All right, let's get right to it. Uh, I want to talk about games. You want to talk about games. But before we do that, everyone listening knows you and I share a virtual living space right down the middle of the strip of duct tape on my side. I have one thing, but it's kind of a big box today. Uh, but let's start with you, Carlos. What you got on your side? Um, yeah, I have a few little boxes, even though I didn't remember that I had them. One is Spartacus, which is PlayStation's streaming service. Oh, I hate that they call it that. I know it's their, their code it's name. It's a or code whatever. name. I know. Yeah. It's just a dumb man. It's basically like. just like PlayStation Plus Plus. It's like there's Plus 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 because there's three tiers. Three tiers, which we did say on the show a while ago. Yeah, I think you we guessed it. at that. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, three tiers. We won't go through them, but you've probably heard it on the internet and news. But I think it's going live this week and really soon. It's like sooner than you think. I don't even know. I'm not even sure. Yeah. And I don't care. But the one thing that showed up that was interesting is that they're going to release some PSP games, which is cool. Is that only on the third tier, though? Like the highest tier? Because I, you know, I read through the announcement. And to be perfectly like frank, I, I don't want to sign up for any more subscriptions right now. And with my limited time, I feel like Game Pass has got me like more than taken care of. Um, but, you know, I looked at it really briefly uh, and it was like three tiers. And I, I want to say it was the highest tier, which I believe is $17.99 a month. That's the one Yeesh. that has like all of the older backward compatible games. Is that correct? Am I, I think wrong? it is. And I think that I hate that that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seventeen ninety nine. I mean, is it a fortune? No. But is it more than I want to pay a month for a service that I'm not sure how much I'm going to use? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is this. Like, I it's the same complaint I had with Game Pass early on. Is like, or like, not really Game Pass, but Xbox was really making a big deal about their backwards compatibility, yeah. which is, you know, good. But like what I said on the show is that I want to play new games, you know? Yes. Me, yes. Per, me personally. So this is that type, same type of dilemma. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool that all those old games are available now, but how many do I really want to play? Um, yeah. Definitely not seventeen ninety nine worth playing old games. But it's, oh, it's, it's so tough. Keep going, keep going. But no, I, I was going to say, like, what, yeah. what other new things are they going to give me for that seventeen ninety nine? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll I mean, game pass. that's what I'm really curious about. Because if, I mean, I could be wrong on this because, granted, I didn't study this, but it seems like they're saying... With the lowest tier, you're going to get the new stuff. And then the higher up you go, the more... Like, I, I think it was like the middle tier got you like PS3 games. And it was like the highest tier got you the even more obscure stuff. So I guess they're counting on 
like the hardcore fan who really wants to play some of those games. But I mean, to me, it's almost like a, a respect or a prestige thing. Like I love having those games available. And I think that backwards compatibility is really the only way we're ever going to get like any kind of an archival system where we can go into old games and not let them fade away. Like we do with movies or books. Um, we got to preserve that stuff. So I think it's great, but honestly, I don't really want to play a lot of those games. I want to dip in. Yeah. I want to play them for like five minutes have a little nostalgia moment. Oh yeah, I remember this game. That was cool. And then I want to go play the newest thing. So it kind of feels to me like a prestige thing that Sony should just do just because they want to be respectable. And I know that, you know, it's got to be profitable. We got to have profit. We can't do anything without profit. But at the same time, like have a little respect for your history. Have a little respect for how you got here, your previous works or library. Like having that online to me says we respect what we've done. We respect where we are and we respect our players. We're going to do this because it's the good, the good thing to do. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I think I'm already on PS plus the basic just from before. And I guess they're going to migrate me over, but I, I don't think I'm going to upgrade man. Cause I barely even touch it. Yeah, I know. And to that point, um, uh, what you just said, respect the players talk about who doesn't Nintendo, Ugh, you yeah. know, like I'm losing favor of them every single, I don't know, week or month or something, because not only am I kind of done with you know their first party titles right now, yeah. it's just nothing exciting to me. But secondly, you know they recharge you for everything. Yes. And what we just accept it. Like there's a ton of other businesses where we go like, hey, we don't like your practices. We're not going to use you anymore, you know, or yeah. we're not going to buy your products. But Nintendo just always gets this free pass because it has nostalgia or something. But because it's Nintendo. Because it's Nintendo. But I I don't. There's like it, it holds no weight with me anymore. Like literally zero. I go. Hey, is there something fun I want to play in this and is it affordable? And are you charging me again for something I already own? Those are the questions I'm asking, not like yeah. it's Nintendo. So for me, yeah, they don't do anything like that. And if anything, they just recharge you for stuff that's already out there. Um, but your point is valid. Like, which company is going to put a, uh, a, a stake in the stance? Nope, that's not it. That's flag in the dirt. Flag in the flag sand. In the no, sand. that's not it. It's no. not that either. What is what it? Are we, you gonna, which one's going to draw a line in take the sand? A, take a take a stand. Take a stand in the in Wave the sand. Flag. I don't know. It's one which of, person's going to sure. take a stand in the sand and just go like you know Xbox did back back compat or whatever. Yeah, but like when you're talking about archiving things, you know, like no one's really fully done that because again, it's not profitable. So why would yeah. you want to? I mean, that's the thing, right? I feel like all three of these companies, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony. Every one of these companies, if they got the notion, they could be like, yes, we're going to just we're going to make all our things available. It might cost us some money, but we're going to hire some programmers or some, you know, people who can do ports or whatever. We're going to get this stuff archived. They could do it like it's not it's not a question of they can't afford it. It's just they don't think it's worth it. Right. Um, I've heard I've heard a lot of people at Sony saying they don't think anybody goes and plays backwards compatibility, despite the fact that people want it, which I kind of agree with because I really do want it. But at the same time, I don't spend a lot of time actually playing it. But I think it's just kind of a it's just a respect thing. It's kind of a history thing that I really would support if they went after it. So I, I'm, I'm conflicted, man. Well, it's like a library of Alexandria thing. Call back. Call way back. Call way back. 3,000 years ago. Long callback. Our younger listeners, look up Library of Alexandria. It's a very interesting story and super sad because we lost all the world's knowledge in a fire. But anyways, it's that kind of a thing, right? It's archive.org kind of thing. It's like, hey, you know, that's cool. You don't want to do it for profit or whatever. But like, um, yeah, it's going to be gone. You know, these people's work is going to be gone. Wow, that's a long tangent. Okay, 
let's do something else. Uh, <laughs> Next box. The little mini box for me is everybody go check out Restless Soul, the trailer for Restless Soul indie game where you play as a ghost. Fucking cool as shit. Hmm. It's like a mixture of Undertale with Earthbound. It's all in black and white. You play as a ghost. There's like some twin six shooter kind of action, <clears throat> some RPG stuff, some choices and comedy. And I want it now. Uh, Restless, Restless Soul. Soul. I'm going to look it up. I haven't heard anything about <clears throat> it. I'm going to check the trailer out right now. I have uh, subscriptions on my YouTube that were like, it just kind of shows me all new trailers. And so I, that popped up as on game trailers of all places. And Oh, yeah. This looks pretty neat. It's fucking black cool. and white, kind of like lo-fi, real pixely. It's got a cool vibe to it. This looks kind of neat. Yeah, and there's a lot of like you know choices and stuff and dialogue. It's not just like like you're walking around a town and just like talking to characters. But then there's some action and there's some puzzles as well. It's 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 an amalgamation of a game. This is like a perfect thing for Switch. I'm not going to play it on PC because I just don't play anything except for porno games on PC. <laughs> but when it comes to Switch, I'm all over this. You weren't even impressed with my my five dollar word. Is that amalgamation? Yeah, I quietly, I quietly praised you in my head. Oh, okay, okay. Now I, now I ruined the moment. <laughs> Check out Russell's Soul, and what's your box? All right, uh, so this is kind of a big one. Um, I was just chilling on Twitter the other day, as I do, which is actually a lie because Twitter stresses me the fuck out. And I Twitter is trash. Out. Twitter is a fire trash. I mean, I think the stuff on Twitter is trash. It's still okay. That's a whole other discussion it's for a whole other discussion. show. Whole other discussion. Bottom line, I was on Twitter. And listener of the show, Hippie Adam, reached out to me and he's like, hey, Brad, I would love for you. Uh, he was kind of putting in like a DJ request, right? He's like, I guess this is like how a DJ works. I'm going to put in a request and you got to play it, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So he wanted to request that I put together a list of the best Warhammer 40k games because we talk about them a lot. And a lot of them are hot trash. And I, we've mentioned it you know, multiple times on the show. So he's like, would you please go over like the best warhammer 40k games and also he was seconded by one of his friends who i believe his name was originary magoo uh, i believe i've got that right so shout out to both hippie adam and magoo over there so yes absolutely i will run down my list pretty quickly so i played almost every single not all of them but almost every single warhammer game on console that i can think of and i don't play pc so there's there's some on pc I haven't played and, you know, I want to say there's one or two on console that I haven't got around to, but I've just been so busy lately, so please forgive me. But I've played the overwhelming majority of them. So of the ones I've played, I will quickly go through this list and tell you the ones that I think are the best. Prefacing that with, I actually don't play Warhammer on tabletop. So I'm not coming at this from a tabletop fan's perspective. I know all about it. I've seen it. I feel like I'm constantly surrounded by Warhammer stuff, but I don't buy the miniatures. I don't play the tabletop. I don't have any way to play it. It would be cool if I did. I would if I could, but I'm just not in it. So like coming at it from someone who's familiar with the franchise and the IP and who plays all the console games, that's my perspective. So just sharing that up front. I would suggest this real quick, though, in your list. Yes. yes. Um, just after you say the name of it, maybe say like what type of game it is, because Warhammer, all those games sound the exactly the same to me. Yes, yes, that's a good point. I will do that. So for me, far and away, the best one of my favorite of all the bunch is Warhammer 40k Inquisitor. I love Inquisitor. Oh, I love Inquisitor. Oh, so fucking we good. We both it's love a, it. It's a Diablo yes, style, right? Diablo-like, yeah. top-down isometric. It's so got good. three or four character classes. Really brilliant weapon system that makes it fun to play. Like, it doesn't feel like a grind. You're constantly, like, managing your weapons, which is great. Lot, I mean, the story I thought was pretty good for a Warhammer game. Like, I could follow it, and I understood what was going on, and I 
had some concern for some of the characters, which is pretty rare for a Warhammer game. Uh, so I love Inquisitor. It's it's a huge game. There's lots of DLC for it. I just it's the shit. I played the shit out of that. I just went through it and I, I played a couple of the characters as well. Inquisitor to me is the top. Good number one pick. I agree with you. And I'm not even on this list, but I agree. All right. All right. That is a good game. So the next one down, I have to say I was kind of split. Um, either one of these games could be number two, depending on the day you ask me. I, I would flip flop them. I feel like they're both equally good. So the first one is Warhammer 40K Mechanicus. That's where you play a tech priest um, and you have other tech priests on your team. It's a top down kind of an XCOM strategy mm-hmm. grid based kind of game, like very, you know, turn based mission tactics. Um, I thought it was great, like all the upgrades you could do and the different options you had to spec out your character. Uh, The mission select system was really interesting. Plus, the entire game was on a timeline, which ordinarily I don't like, but I think it really worked in this case because it made you feel a little pressure to keep moving forward, which I thought was really interesting. So I love Mechanicus. That was really fun. Also, and like I said, this could also be number two. I flip-flop them, is Battle Sector. Warhammer 40k Battle Sector, which I believe is on Game Pass right now. Also a top-down, turn-based, you know, XCOM strategy-like. This one is uh, what people tell me is the most faithful to playing tabletop. You play as uh, the Imperium. You've got, like, your, uh, you know, um, war Space Marines and tanks, and you go on this giant, like, really long campaign against uh, these guys. Oh, my God, I can't remember what they're called. The guys that look like aliens, whatever those guys are called. Oh, I um, forgot, yeah. Yeah, I know. They look like the... Goopy, they've got claws. I know that describes like half Goopy of Goopy claws. That's a Goopy claws. They're called is, Goopy claws. That is not what yeah, they're called. That's what they are. But Battle Sector, I think, is also really great. I love that. Tons of options, tons of customiz- customization, lots of different um, uh, model types that you could do. You could build your own army. I thought it was just really, really fun. I really dug into it. Loved the hell out of that. And coming in fourth, this is going to be kind of out of nowhere. Warhammer 40k Squad Command, which is actually, I believe, only available on PSP from like a million years ago. Uh, That was another top-down isometric tactics game, kind of like XCOM, which is where I feel like where Warhammer 40k really thrives, right? So I feel like that game was really, really great. You had War Marines. I keep saying War Marines. I mean to say Space Marines. Please forgive me. Space Marines going on missions and stuff. Um, It just was a great game, a great adaptation at the time. I just watched some YouTube videos of it before the show, and I'm like, Man, it looks like it still holds up. I have no idea where my PSP is. This is in one of these boxes around me somewhere. Um, I don't know if it's anywhere else. Like, I don't know if it's on PC or what. But if you've got access to a PSP, I really believe Squad Command is good stuff. Now, they did ask specifically for Warhammer 40K. And those are the ones that I would recommend. I think there's maybe one or two I haven't gotten to. But out of everything I've played, those are the tops. But really quickly, if you want a couple Warhammer, not 40K, but just regular Warhammer recommendations. I don't like Warhammer as much as I like 40K. But there are a couple of good ones. I will say Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground is a really good one. Um, it's kind of like a, a tactics, you know, XCOM game, but there are also some different elements to it. It's slightly different, uh, but it's got some cool systems, and I think it uses the IP really well. Uh, lots of fun in that one. Also, the other one is kind of a little bit further out there, Blood Bowl 2, which is only kind of tangentially oh, oh, yeah. related. Did you play Blood Bowl 2? Yeah, that's fun. That's that football game, right? Yeah, yeah. it like takes Warhammer characters, but you're playing football, which I don't really like football, but I like Warhammer. And combining tactics and turn-based with football and, and Warhammer characters was great. Blood Bowl 3 is coming up soon. I'm super excited. But Blood Bowl 2, it's janky. Graphics are not great. It's got some bugs and stuff, but fuck, it was really fun to play. And I, I played the shit out of that game, so... There you go. Those are my top Warhammer 40k recommendations. Also, a couple of Warhammer recommendations. Hippie Adam, Originary Magoo. Hopefully, that satisfied your request, and hopefully, I can be your DJ again 
next time. And that's all I've got for housekeeping. Any last things from you, Carlos? No, but that's just a great uh, way to show that you ask and we deliver. That's absolutely right. You ask, we deliver anything you want, questions, comments, feedback, anything, requests, whatever. Let us know and we will respond. Okay, let's get down to the main section of the show. We're going to go back to you, Carlos, for a couple of minutes about Mr. Prepper. I saw a video for this. It looks really interesting, uh, as the name might suggest. You're kind of a guy. It looks like, I mean, you'll tell me in a minute here, but like it looks like you're building a base. you got to collect resources, go on little missions. And I think the ultimate goal is what to build yourself a rocket and escape Earth or something like that. I think that's the end goal. I didn't, get, I didn't get that far, but right, right, right. The general gist is like you know a sim game where you're yeah building stuff underneath your house and building resources. You know you're a prepper. It's it's um, like two D like an ant farm view, right? Yeah. So basically, think of remember Fallout. Um, what's Fallout, Fallout Shelter. Fallout Shelter, mixed with The Sims. That's what it okay. is. Okay. Now the only problem is, and that's the general gist. And before I get to the problems, um, the setup which is literally like our reality, uh, you know, almost. It's uh, it's too scary how close it is to reality. It's too like, real, huh? Yeah, it's like, I th- even think they said they had a virus in it. I can't remember now. But, like, it's the government gets mad, uh, you know, at its own citizens, propaganda everywhere. And basically, this one character that you play as to start, I guess, tried to escape or something. And they like caught him and they brought him back to his house and like, now you be good and believe in the president. And it's like they keep saying, bless the president, which is hmm. super gross. Yeah. So scary. all that cutscenes in the beginning and all the kind of setup was like, I don't like how cl- too close this is to reality. Uh, anywho, you know, it's an over exaggerated version, but sure. So you're in the house and the gameplay is, yeah, like 2D. Uh, Fallout Shelter style. The characters are much bigger, though. So think of it like a bigger scale. And, you know, I'm playing on the console, so it's obviously made for mouse and keyboard. Uh, You're, like, pointing and clicking, right, for moving the character. With your your stick is kind of like a cursor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it would work much better, I think, on the PC, uh, personally. And you move your character around. You do things like go to bed, but, you know, eat food, all that stuff. So... What I was going to originally say is the problem is if it's Fallout Shelter meets The Sims, in my opinion, is too much The Sims. Really? How so? Because like you did, ha- you do have to eat and you do have to keep your preparedness ready, which basically means like you don't need to, you don't want to faint because you're like working real hard at this bomb shelter essentially, and different things in the house. So you have to go and like make sure you're you know well fed and stuff and take rests and stuff. So I I didn't like that. I was like I don't want to focus on that because it's a really interesting story setup. I just want to inter- you know be interested in like what I'm making and if I don't get caught and stuff because you don't really want to get caught. And yes, I, I think I just said and stuff 12 times in a row. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I just didn't want to be thinking about any meters. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me. I mean, I haven't played this. It sounds interesting. And I thought I might give it a shot based on the, the trailer. Um, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Subnautica where it's a cool story and you're exploring this underwater world. But in the, in the base game, you have to also, in addition to getting resources, you have to manage food and water and oxygen. And luckily the developers let you turn that off. So like, I was like, okay, just get materials to build. And I think maybe oxygen seems fair because you're in the water, but I didn't want to worry about food and um, water because that seemed too much like minutia. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like there's a little bit too much busy work to keep your guy going kind of? I guess in the beginning, I got to be fair and say that I haven't got far enough to be like, 
you know, there's much more different kind of uh, scenarios you can be in. So I think it kind of might focus on like, hey, at some point you're just working on action or getting out of the environment and making, you know, different types of stuff. But right now is a lot of resources. Um, oh, I all of a sudden started playing the trailer in my headphones. Uh, a lot of resources, a lot of um, minutia that's not fun. And again, maybe that's just early game stuff. But maybe yeah, like later on, you 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 have like an infinite supply of protein bars. Or that's something. exactly like you build what I'm a saying. machine or that's something. That's exactly right? what I'm saying. So yeah. in the beginning, I was just a little frustrated with that. Uh, by the way, I feel like I've played that this game. I thought I played it a while ago. Um, it does say the anniversary edition is what's out right now. So I believe it came out last year. Oh, okay. Year. I didn't I didn't realize that. I thought this was a brand new game. I didn't yeah, have no yeah. idea this was has been out for a while. Yeah, I think I like was going to try it a while ago and. This is the anniversary anniversary edition that's out. So, long story short, you can try demo uh, again if you're on Steam, and unlike Brad, and play your PC sometimes. Um, and I don't know if it's a recommend yet. I kind of this is kind of like a preview because I need to play it more. I think the biggest frustrations for me was just doing some like upkeep of the person, and secondly, like I just didn't like how it controlled on console with the, the cursor movement. Yeah, the cursor movement. Like I just was like. Because then you go to each item and can like inspect it or, you know, do something with it with the different button. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I I need to play it some more, and it didn't like grab me, grab me like other games have. Uh, I like the concept. I like the story. Like you know, it's again, it's living in the real world and like feeling protected by building yourself a base. You know, you might need to do it, but I don't know. The gameplay itself not super fun to me right now. All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I still may check it out. Um, you know, if I didn't realize it was the anniversary edition, but this is when it's coming to console for the first time. So yeah, I'm sure there'll be patches. Maybe they'll tweak things out. But I am kind of interested in something along these lines. Uh, so maybe I'll check it out. But I think it's totally fair. You need to put more time in. I get it, man. So we'll see. Yeah, and TBD. also TBD because I'm looking at some of the pictures on Steam, and, and there's definitely places where you're outside in the woods, you know, and like I'm just like building my base at my house. So I feel like it does progress quite a bit. Yeah, so. and the trailer, it's like you're out in the woods, you're shooting stuff. I think you were driving a car at one point, like get, catching air on a ramp and stuff. So there was definitely some some outdoor sections. Maybe you're just not there yet. But. Yeah, and I'm wondering how they balance that. Like, you know, am I going to be, one, you know, uh, three quarters of the game building the space? Or is it going to be like just around the corner, hour or two, I'm actually out in the woods? You know what I mean? So yeah, we yeah. have to we have to see. But I'm giving you a preview. Uh, there it is. There it is. All right. Thank you, sir. That is Mr. Prepper. I believe it's on uh, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation right yeah. now. All the consoles. There we go. All right. Let me talk for a minute about a new game uh, coming to the Switch. I believe it's also on PC. It's called For the Warp, or FTW for short. This is a 2D pixel-based spaceship-oriented roguelike. Uh, it's coming from, I believe, a developer. It may even be a single-person team, I think. Um, it's a very simple and streamlined and straightforward roguelike, but I got to say so far, I really dig it a lot. It's really fun. Um, the basic premise is you have a ship and you need to make it through like five galaxies or something like that. And the premise is like, oh, you've got secret cargo. That's probably, you know, uh, is it ethical? Who knows, but it's definitely worth it. You got to make it to the end of the galaxy and then, you know, whatever you win the game or something. Um, how this shakes down is there are five ships. Only the first one is available 
and you unlock every time you, you get further you get to unlock the next ship up and each one so far seems to be like a pretty good step up uh, but you get a ship and you hit the galaxy the galaxy is divided into squares and you have a fuel limit so you need to be pretty judicious um, as you're on this big map you want to get from one end of the map to the other to get to the warp to go to the next galaxy and along the way there's like i don't know like a, bu a bunch of squares like a whole bunch of squares so if you want to conserve fuel, you'll try to take the shortest route possible. But there's also stuff scattered around. Uh, there's like, you know, places you can stop like space stations. You can do some bartering and trading. There's question marks where you have random events. Sometimes you find like a treasure chest floating in space. Sometimes you find a fight that you weren't expecting. Sometimes it's just like a little story event or something like that. There's also obstacles in the map. So you may want to take the shortest line from A to B, but maybe there's asteroids in the way that you can't get through. So you got to spend some fuel to go around them. So part of the game is managing just your map movement. You don't want to run out of fuel before you get where you're going. Once you do get into a fight, and you absolutely will. I mean, there's tons of fights as well. Um, it goes to like kind of like a little JRPG section where you're on the left side, enemies on the right side, and then you kind of take turns um, taking, you know, taking your actions. The game is... I mean, I hesitate to call it a deck builder, even though it kind of is because a lot of your abilities are, are card based, but it almost just, I mean, I feel like that's being a little bit too generous. I don't feel like there's that much deck building. I feel like each ship starts out with a basic deck and you may pick up a few cards along the way, but your, your ship is going to basically do what your ship is going to do. So it's kind of about just managing your resources. Um, I really like it so far because... Each turn you get to do three actions, and actions are pretty straightforward. The cards are easy to read. You know exactly what they do. Attack for five, defend for five, uh, you know, freeze your enemy for one or two turns. Like it's all it's all real straightforward and 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 easy to understand and easy to parse. But I, I don't say that as a as a criticism. I say that as a good thing. Uh, because when I, you know, I get in bed at night and I play the Switch in my bed, everybody knows that. That's where I like to play Switch mm -hmm. the most. Man, it's just like it's just the right amount of simple and it's just the right amount of complicated. And I like how the ships play because really quickly you get a feel for how they are the first ship not great offensive ability is not great you got to really be judicious with your shields and be careful but then you um if you make it past the first galaxy get to the second galaxy you unlock the next ship and the next ship like it's similar but it plays differently and better like you've got these little guns that can fire off for free so you don't use a turn you've got these other cards that let you go through your deck faster so you get to the cards you want so it feels like you're it kind of like feels like you're playing a better ship even though you're just going through the cards, right? But the way that the cards come out give the game a better feel. And I'm very curious to get to the third ship and see like how that one's different. Um, but so far, I, I really like it a lot. I feel like the runs are pretty short. Um, everything is really clear and self-explanatory. Uh, I feel like the graphics are, are pretty good. I mean, they're okay. They could be a little bit better. I don't like the way that the ships look. They could be a little cooler, but they look all right. I mean, it gets the job done. Um, but for what it is, I think it's really fun. I think it's smart. It sets out to achieve a realistic number of goals and it achieves those really well doesn't overstep doesn't you know haven't suffer from scope creep or anything and i feel like you know for what it is it, it it does what it does and it does it really really nicely i'm really having a good time with it you know that's that's all good and all but how's the font size you know <laughs> it could be a little bigger it's that not terrible always could be it's not terrible all it's right. not adjustable but it's not terrible all it could right. be bigger but it's okay all right that's a valid question. It is a valid question. I, by the way, I should ask it after every one of your Switch games. After every yeah. Switch game, yes. Absolutely. Also, it looks kind of like Advance Warsy, I think, in that when it does the combat section. Yeah, it's really like bright and kind of blocky-ish, but in a kind of a pleasing way, colorful. Yeah, it's real. It's real kind of Advance Warsy in terms of its combat presentation. That's a good. That's a good parallel. Looks like a good in bed for Brad Switch game. 
it's a thumbs up. I'm digging it. So that is for the warp, and it's on the Switch. I believe it's also on PC. All right, good times. Carlos, back over to you. Shin Megami Tensei Five. That is also a Switch game. Am I wrong? It is. It's one of my first ones in a while. I was going to say, you never touch your Switch. I was kind of surprised to see you add this to the docket today. Well, here's a little asterisk next to it. A uh, fun tangent is a buddy of mine actually won a Switch, and uh, he didn't need it because he already had one. And it was oh, one wow. of the original Switches, you know, like the full one that you can plug into oh, the, the TV. Oh, the one that connects to the TV. Okay. Yeah. And I've been bitching about it on every podcast that I only have the light. Uh, Switch light? That's what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And so anyways, I didn't want to, you know, actually play. I want to play some on the screen. So I got that from him. I just bought it off him for cheap. And yeah, so I plugged it in and I was like, oh, I want to play. So the guy guy that doesn't like the Switch now has two Switches. No, no, no. Oh, I do. Yeah. You've got the light and you've got the OG. I sure do. I sure do. (laughs) Well, here's the only thing is this will, uh, you know, let me want or like incentivize me to play it more. Because you can use your TV screen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, the same account, sure. you know what I mean? So they both have the same games. Right, right. Um, so you can bring it with me, that kind of thing. So anywho, I decided... By the way, here's my asterisk I've forgotten housekeeping. I am done with Elden Ring for now. Okay. Uh, I played 95 hours or something. Uh, got to the last boss, which we won't spoil. Oh, really? The last boss of the whole game? Oh, we never even talked about it. We didn't even talk about that, no. Real quick tangent, then. Um, quick tangent. Elden Ring tangent. Elden Ring tangent. So I played 95 hours that fucking game. I okay. I love hated it. Um, okay. Loved it more than I hated it. My first real introduction to Souls because I played it a lot, you know, and I got good at it, you know. Right. Get, in quotes, get good. I feel like I'm a I'm a master at the melee. Like I kill. I <laughs> I'm just like really good at what they wanted me to get good at. Right. Carlos got good. I got good. I also got mad because I still think that some of <laughs> The uh, mechanics and that the way that do doing things I don't like. There's a bunch I don't like. Okay. But the open world is fun enough, and I can't spoil anything. But something happens near the end of the game that's so fucking cool, and I was like, "Wow, that's even cooler than I was expecting." And so I got to the last thing, and one of the last boss phases or something is absolute horseshit. And I was like, "Well, you know, I've done it. Like, you know, it's still going to show me a cutscene at the end. I don't need that, you know." So. <laughs> Believe it or not, I deleted it. Oh, uh, shit. You deleted the whole game oh, or just it's your gone. save? No, no. <laughs> yeah, I have my save. But that game is off my system. I just I couldn't go back to it. I can't do that right now. And um, that's my tangent. But had a great time with it. We and You and I bonded over it. You know, We talked about souls and stuff. And we got to have a whole episode of the podcast about it. Yeah, I like 1. it. 1.5, yeah. And sure. when you finish it, let's do a spoiler cast. Because um, I know pretty much everything that happens. All right. Um, and yeah, I'm just done. That tangent was because I was like, I want to start a new RPG. Man, going from one big game into another. So. Into okay, another. yeah, we'll definitely we'll circle Megami back. Tensei. We will we'll circle, circle back, back yeah. to Elden. I'm uh, I'm 110 hours in, and I feel like I still have like miles to go. I don't think I'm anywhere near. The Are end. you so anywhere we'll, we'll near back. a snow-topped mountain? Not even remotely. You have at least the way that you're doing it right now, 40 hours probably. Probably more than that. Probably yeah. like because I'll, it I'll took get back me, to you like, and I like mainlined at some point, yeah. And it was like still taking me like weeks, you know. No, I'll get back to you like in August, probably. And we'll <laughs> Jeez. talk about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Shimagami Tensei. I've been wanting to play it for a while. Uh, I've liked those games a lot. Um, you know, you have to be in the mood for them because they are very specific. It's a mixture of persona type, like uh, a bunch of younger students in a school somewhere, or you know in a village or something. It's just basically like modern world. Uh, and there's like stories of demons 
and maybe the end of the world's happening. And then, yeah, you kind of switch usually at some point and you're kind of a superpower person and now you're going to fight demons and you do, the, you know, both things. Like that's in a lot of those games. So this is pretty much the same thing. You are a bunch of students in a school and, you know, learning the interpersonal relationships, et cetera. Sure. And then early on, you just get transported to another place, which is kind of like the realm between realms, which is in a lot of video games. And you have superpowers and it's a super suit and you're going to fight demons or monsters or whatever. And I think this is in most of Shin Megami games is that you can like talk to the, all the monsters and decide oh, yeah. to have them join yes, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The core, core, core mechanic. Series, yeah. So it's almost like Pokemon in that way. So, and then after you, you know, if you say the right thing, you could get them on your team. And then in this one, it's really over the top when it comes to like uh, the nuance of like leveling those monsters. We'll just call them monsters. I guess they're yeah, demons. They're demons. demons. Yeah, yeah, sure. So when you level them, you can like literally strip them bare of what they originally were. Like, oh, this is a fire demon or something. You'd be like, well, actually, my team needs like ice people right now. So you can like install different abilities on all of them. Okay. So it really is a, a huge micromanagement thing that you can get lost in, or you can just like kind of like let them be what they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I thought that might be fun, but I got. It felt a little laborious. Okay. Okay. Two dollar word, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping track. I'm gonna. Cut I need. I need that here. money. You could yes. hit me up at the end. <laughs> so you know, it's it's that's the setup. Uh, I, I definitely like the fact that it was a more JRPG coming from Elden Ring. I just want to be like, okay, let's just get into it. But I heard a lot of people talking about it being very difficult. And I was like, wow, I didn't really want to go to another difficult game. Uh, and there is four or five modes and i put it on normal but normal's pretty tough yeah and i was like they're always really hard i know i was like i think i might bump it down to casual just to kind of like get through this some of the story kind because i want to see what's going on so it was a little tough in the beginning um i did level up a bunch of my demons i fought the world the open world that you're in when you're like fighting a lot of things is very barren you know, it's merely just like running around funding yeah, those little soda space. machines. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, coming from a world that's very full, it was kind of jarring. And I just wasn't really having a ton of fun. Uh, like a JRPG like Tales of Rise, which I talk about all the time. Like, yes, there's open fields, there's monsters milling about, but there's a ton of story. There's a ton of, I don't know, just stuff to do. And it felt more alive and this was just it just feels like you know an, an open area that you're doing things and kind of video gamey in a way yeah. you know yeah. and i might not be saying anything that's not true of all the games so if you like those games this is more of those right but right, right. W- me where i'm at when you come it's hard when you come from elden ring uh it's like coming from skyrim you know and you're like i'm gonna play this other thing um anywho i don't know if i'm having fun it sounds like you're not having fun. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I'm not. What you're saying makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I will say one thing, whether you like Elden Ring or not, I think, um, and this, you know, we don't need to dive into this rabbit hole, but I think that it has raised the bar in many ways in terms of um, density of content and how they've approached the open world. Um, so I think that developers are going to definitely have to look at that. And if they want to make an open world, they're going to have to pick up a few lessons. But apart from that, I mean, I've played a ton of, 
the Persona slash Shin Megami Tensei games. And they're not the exact same thing, but they're pretty close. Yeah. And a lot of these are just, I mean, the Persona games are the story heavier games and the Shin Megami are more about concepts and philosophies. And they're very much more about like the demon raising and demon breeding and crossbreeding and melding and yeah. stats and stuff. And, you know, I really fell down a Shin Megami hole a long time ago, but I, I played so many of them. And after a while, they just, they all were the same. Like, you know, setting change or character change, but I just, I'm, I'm completely burned out on them now. Like I, I don't want to play any more of them. I don't want to see any more of them. And what you're describing to me sounds just like another one of those ones that I played before. So maybe it's slightly different. The graphics are different, open world, whatever, but it seems like they're kind of just still doing that thing that they do. And if you like it, great but if you're burned out or if it's not your jam i don't know that's going to really move the needle for you yeah and i that's a good point because like you know what i was thinking about going to from elder ring was a jrpg but this is almost not even that you yeah know, it's, it's just like a like grindy and demon managing kind that's of what that's exactly it and that, like i was saying earlier it's like oh i can like really go to town on these demons and you know trick them all out but do i want to do that what, what yeah and also it's not you know it's turn base Right. So I guess the other thing was Tales from Arise. It's like it's action based. Right. Kind and, of real time combat. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I thought like, I don't know, I guess I thought wrong, you know, like I'm not in the mood for that. If you want more of that, it's that's what it is. And the last dig I'll, I'll do on it is it's a dig against the switch, which, I, which I just invested in. You just bought a second one. Um, I just the graphics are real trash, man. I heard a lot of people saying the gra- it did not look good. I've heard that. Well, yes. but in general, though, what I'm trying to say is I just don't want an old console anymore. It's, I've, I'm a broken record. I, I want 60 FPS all the you time. You want the bells and whistles. I want, you want 4K. The edge. You want shiny. Yeah, that's, but that's it's hard to go back. And so I had it on my TV. My TV is, you know, a, a good TV. It can portray like really good graphics or whatever. And it just looked like, I don't know a Nintendo game. And, and I know that sounds derogatory. I guess I'm meaning it to be. I think that definitely sounds derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's a, no, it's a hundred percent does Carl's sorry, Nintendo fans to this episode, but I just, it's, it's an old system. Like if you want to release switch Two, then do it. But like, it can't do like, obviously look, and here's a quick tangent. You can't even do like dying light or whatever. Like it has to do a cloud version of the game. Right. There's a reason. Because it's an old system. It'd be yeah. like if I had my six, you know, when I had my 16 bit Turbo Graphics and people were like making fun of me because they had two 8 bit processors and not one 16 bit processor. Like, yeah, their graphics were similar, but that's the thing. At some point, if you're like behind, then you're behind. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, you're not wrong, dude. Like, you're not wrong. I mean, I come to the Switch, as everybody knows, for small games, indie games, pixel games, 2D games, things that are like that. And I feel like that's what really thrives on the switch when i want something big and shiny and sparkly i definitely go to the the ps5 or the xbox i mean that's that's just how it is and it's weird to me that people and not not you but i mean like people in general who have the switch and they want it to kind of keep pace with the bigger boxes that's crazy like it's just it's not meant for that so um you know if you want to play something big like dying light 2 or something yeah get an xbox playstation go pc go do that and then you know play something small and cute and cozy on the switch that's that to me is the natural order of things, and so when people don't do that, it just kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. Well, not, not you, but like people in general. I know, and you're right, but this is now four tangents, and I wanted to go on none of them. But <laughs> this is one that I have to make: is that I never understood, and we've never addressed in this podcast, 
why Nintendo, which is flush with cash, okay? They're not hurting, right? They're not like gonna go under anything. No, they're soon. like they, they they sit on a like a like a literal pile of cash money. Right. They like brush their teeth with money, they like wipe their ass with money, they they got it everywhere, okay? So yet at some point, what you're saying was not correct. Like when Super Nintendo came out, they a hundred percent were competing, right? At at that time, yes. Right. At that time. What yes. I'm when I'm the poising the question is, why did they stop? Because I know when they got to the portables and the DS and stuff like that, they started making even more money. And they're like, okay, we're the leader. And they never really stopped being the leader of the portable because Steam Deck's the only competitor right now. But they did that, and they were like, oh, this makes us tons of money. Let's just stop doing consoles. Like, I don't understand when that stopped. Because I, I mean, know they made the GameCube, and I know they made other systems, but... Sure. I mean, I you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, we'd probably have to get like a Nintendo expert on the show, and we could talk philosophy for a while. But we should. It just seems to me like they just decided they didn't want to compete in the arms race, right? They had a, a cottage industry. Their fans are rabid as fuck. They're like we just discussed earlier in the show. Their fans will pay multiple times for the same game over and over. They'll they'll buy anything Nintendo related, and Nintendo has a real good lock on what they do, and they're making cash hand over fist. I mean. They're not keeping up with Sony and Xbox in that same way, but they are definitely a player. And they're, I mean, they're just profitable as fuck year after year. So I guess it's all they care about, man. They just don't care. Okay, hold on. I have a retort for that real quick. Okay. I'm so hungry, too. <laughs> I haven't had dinner. <laughs> so is that, you know, if you have two SKUs and they did make a console and it was comparable, it doesn't have to have any bells and whistles because obviously Nintendo can sell people like a shit sandwich and they're like, oh, it's a Nintendo sandwich. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, and I'll pay three times for it, even though I already owned one. But so I don't think that's the case. They could easily make a box and they could take a loss on the box, right? Like, because every console maker does that. So it's not like they wouldn't be like special in that way, right? Make well, maybe, it, they, maybe they, maybe it's a prestige thing, right? They are the biggest fish in a small pond right now. And maybe they don't want to be second best, right? I mean, they're going up against one of the biggest software computer companies in the world. And Sony is also this giant like multimedia corporation. Maybe they feel like they can't keep up, and maybe maybe they don't want to keep up. Maybe they would rather be the king of small handheld stuff rather than be second banana in in the big boy world. Let me let me just say, say this though: if they made that second skew I'm talking about, make a console, that's just more money for them. So if you're talking about the money part of it, it was before the like this you know other analogy, they would just make more money. Like they could make more money. Like after their loss goes away from like selling the system. That's just more money. So again, if it's about money, I feel like it's silly not to sell a console because you can just... And by the way, as you know, game development now is very cross-platform. So sure. like that Shin, Shin Megami game could like look fucking sick in 4K, but it's not like it's going to add that much more development time for, was it Atlas or whatever? Yeah. You know, like they could make this game for both SKUs. Like they do it I just, already. I just don't think it's about money, man. They've got money coming out of their ass. Like they got so much money, like they could buy God. Like I don't think money is their thing. I think it's about respect and prestige i think they just don't want to be second best and if they were in the big box console race i think they would probably be second or third and they don't i think they just don't want to do it like they don't want to get up in the morning and feel like they're not the best at something that's that's kind of how i see it interesting i mean i could be totally wrong but they got who cares about money they got billions in the bank so i know i know but that. i'm saying like they've made decisions based on money and we've just said it you know what i mean like yeah. it's it, you could say it's prestige and all that stuff but like they wouldn't have a company if they didn't have the handheld market so it is also tied to money. Let's get off the tangent. Thank you for going on with me. You're most welcome. All right. Any final thoughts on Shin Megami? Oh, yeah. That game. 
That's what we were the talking, game we about. talking about two hours ago. Yes. Anyways, I, I like it enough. I think it's probably, you know, it's a good one of those. Uh, yeah. It just it yeah. wasn't for me right now. And maybe I'll revisit it. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Let me holler at you for a minute about NeuroDeck. N-E-U-R-O-D-E-C-K. Uh, this one is a really strange one. It's on the Switch. I believe it's also on PC. Uh, we got some PR about this like a while ago, and it kind of just vanished. I, I, It looked really cool to me at the time, and so I sent a couple notes to PR, and I'm like, hey, what's up with this game? It kind of fell off the radar, and they're like, yeah, nothing to announce at this time. Thanks, bye. So I kind of just forgot about it, but it popped up out of nowhere. No, no announcement, no PR, no fanfare. It just popped up, and I'm like, oh, wait. Isn't that that game that I thought looked so cool like last year? Is that is this the same one? And sure enough, it is. So I don't know what happened between then and now, but I mean, clearly something happened. They fired their PR or who knows what. But anyway, it's here now. And I got to say, oddly enough, it's actually pretty good. It is a very bizarre game. Um, it's a roguelike and it's a card based game, deck builder game. But there's also this strange God, I don't even know how to even describe it, this strange kind of like architecture around it where the game kind of presents itself as though you are going through psychotherapy. Um, the game is very cold in its presentation, very clinical, and I think that's all intentional. It's almost like you're logging into like a psychotherapy machine. Yeah. And it's like by playing this game, you will be... And, I mean, and again, to be clear, they're not, they're not saying it's actually therapy. Like this is not like... They're not selling it as a therapy device. I'm just describing what it feels like to play the actual game. So don't misunderstand. They're not making any any claims about mental health or anything. I'm just saying it just feels like that. Yeah, it's more about like facing your phobias. I remember seeing yeah, the trailer Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So like they posit it as facing your phobias as if you're participating in this therapy session. And it's very like high tech where it's like, oh, here's a choice. You can choose between bravery or tolerance which one would you like to work on today like as, as if you were in a real therapy session right and so you choose one and like it'll be like you know it'll give you some perks like plus five health or you know plus five damage or something but it's not it's not portrayed in a gamey way like it's very much about like we're looking at your mental health and we want to make sure that you're strong and that you are resilient and the things you need it's, it's such an interesting presentation and it's so cold and kind of aloof that it really kind of caught me off guard um, but it's interesting and it's really unique. And when you get to the gameplay, I think it's quite good. The phobias uh, manifest as like shadowy monsters and the animation is surprisingly good on them. Like you get a kind of a first person view of these phobias. Like there's like a spider, um, you know, arachnophobia is one of the most common ones. And when you choose that that monster to fight as if you're, quote unquote, working on your phobia, um, like it shows up on the screen and it's got this weird, like really fluid motion and it's kind of a silhouette, so it's kind of hard to make out details, but it moves like in a certain way. Um, you also fight against like uh, like masculinity, toxic masculinity, and it's this really like exaggerated, like inverted pyramid shape with a guy with no head, just like flexing muscles over and over. And I thought that was actually pretty clever. Nice. Um, but all the phobias have great animation, and I think the presentation in in general of this game is marvelous. It's very appealing and very very its own thing like i'm trying to think of what it's like and i'm struggling to think of anything that it's really like so i think it's really unique from that perspective and when you get to the gameplay i think it's quite good um deck building kind of you know par for the course where you've got a deck of attacks a deck of defense you know special powers i mean you know i, I think anybody who's played a deck builder recently will have a pretty good idea of what they're up against in terms of that actual gameplay but it's really well done and i think it's it, there's enough hooks to it enough nuance to it that i'm really interested um, there's little things you can tweak, cards to unlock. So that all checks out. The gameplay seems to be perfectly dialed in. 
and the theming is really good. Presentation is really good. I've only played maybe two or three runs, and I'm not sure what the permanence is. That's also like a key factor for me when it comes to roguelikes, uh, as anybody knows. You know, the real the real factor is. Are you unlocking something? Are you making progress somehow? Or are you starting from scratch? So TBD on that. I need to do a little bit more research. I'm a little bit hazy. But what I've seen so far is really cool. I really like it a lot. And I would definitely recommend it to anybody who wants something very unusual. Or if you want another uh, deck builder or a roguelike to go for it. Perfect fit on the Switch. I think it works really well. Good format for it. And I've just been very fascinated by it. It's just an interesting, interesting game. You know what I'm going to say is it does look really cool, the art. And, um, yeah, very stylized and, and different. And I like the idea of just, like, you know, switching it up and saying, like, hey, we're going to – now, again, no claims, but – Right, not real therapy, not but real pretend therapy, therapy. But, like, that, an interesting way to tackle that kind of stuff, right? Like yeah, you said, through exactly. life cards. And so it's, like, it's almost kind of telling you some ways you can do things. But, secondly, it's made by Tarvox Games. I think this is one of their first games. But it's published by Goblins. So Goblins did Legend of Keepers. Oh, one of my Legend favorite of, games oh, ever. Yeah, Legend of Keepers. That was a good game, actually. Um, yes. And so, and they also published a ton of stuff that I really like. And I can't remember, or I can't believe I haven't brought them up more on the show, but Heroes Hour I really liked. So they make a lot of really interesting, different kind of, uh, what is it? Oh, I'll reuse the word amalgamation, uh, putting things together that's like, you know, styles of games. So really dig the publishing company for this. And I think that's maybe another reason, like they made good choices, you know? So this seems like one of those good choices. I mean, I don't know their whole library. Now that I'm hearing you talk about it, I feel like I should probably go Google them. Goblins, G-O-B-L-I-N-Z. Well, I'm, I'm looking at their publishing page right now. I can tell you any game. Yeah, tell us just just a couple highlights of what else have they put out besides Neurodeck and um, was it Legend of Heroes? Legend of Keepers. Legend of Keepers. With a ton me. of DLC. It's really fun. I'm actually going to go back and play some That's right a great now. game. That's a great yeah. game. Banners of Ruin, which I don't know if I've ever told you about. I think you would love. Is it's that one where you play animals? Animal. Oh, you don't like animals, do you? I'm not a big fan of Anthem. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. either, really. But it is a good game. You know, like it's a really right. good, like well put together card game. Uh, they did Snowtopia, which is a ski re- resort builder. Which again, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that yeah. one. Um, Iris and the Giant. Oh, I love Iris and the Giant. Yeah, oh, it's like a perfect See? game. It's so good. Iris and the Giant is great. Dungeon Rushers, I believe I played. I mean, they make what uh, a tangent number seventeen. What makes a really good publisher is, is good choices. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. So. If I'm looking at this list right now, dude, go to this list later on Steam. Oh, you don't go to Steam. Just go to the list later somewhere. Yeah, I'll just go to it somewhere, and I'll just look and at just it. Look that sounds at, like some good it's shit. It's ridiculous how many good games they make, yeah. All right, we'll add one more to the list because I'm I'm still early days, but so far, Neurodeck is another big thumbs up. I'm, I'm loving the Switch this week. I got a, a number of uh, really good experiences this week. So, Okay, that is Neurodeck put out by Goblins and, and Google Goblins and see what else they put out. Seems like a lot of good stuff. Carlos, over to you for... A game that I think is kind of turning out to be kind of a big game, even though I feel like there wasn't a lot of chatter before it released. Weird West, coming from Wolfeye Studios. This is a, a new studio. I believe this is their first game, but they're made up of people who used to be like at Arcane Studios. Yeah, a lot of people Dishonored used people. used to do Dishonored and yeah. stuff like that. So they've got some experience doing like physics and immersive simulation sort of stuff. Uh, but this is a pretty big departure. I've played a little bit of this, and I know you've played a little bit. So why don't you lead us into Weird West and tell us all about it. Yeah, I brought up on the show a few episodes ago, I believe. I was really excited about it. Um, and I'm excited to play it. And my positive uh, review is that I love it. 
Um, I love it a lot. And you played some of it too, so we'll definitely see where we cross section. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's on Game Pass now. Is that correct? Yeah, I was actually surprised it's out on Game Pass literally right now. So anybody with Game Pass can download it. For That's me. awesome. Yeah. So um, and another real quick thing before we get into the reviews, really, um, a review reviewer that I love on YouTube, Skill Up, which I mentioned on the show a lot, uh, didn't like it, and I could not disagree with him more. I normally agree really? with him on yeah. I normally agree with him on like on everything. And I was like, wow, I cannot understand how you cannot like this game. So I, I might bring up one of his cons just for us to talk about. Yeah, bring it up at the end. I'd like yeah. I'd love to hear that um, after we go through it ourselves because yeah. I actually really like it a lot, and I'm assuming you probably like it too. I really, really do. Okay. So what this game is, it's a very it, – it, I mean, a lot of our younger, younger listeners don't remember the original Fallouts, but old school Fallout, top-down, isometric view types of games. Wasteland is a newer reference. Yes. Um, well, the new Wasteland is. That style of game, very much like Wasteland because, and again, original Fallout where the huge map overworld is just basically you a little icon moving to another location. You get to said location and then it's a top-down game to play. Uh, strategy RPG. And it's action-based, so there's no like turn-based stuff. And like you said before, there's physics. So I think just in general, before I get into what the game is, it's just super fun to play. Like I think they built really good sandboxes and in each location that you get to, a la a wasteland map, there is not only physics and like action and, and shooting and kind of slow down mechanics as well, but there's like RPG stuff like picking up, you know, loot and finding a bunch of stuff and leveling up. So there's all that stuff in this game. Um, and what, what, what the game is itself is you play as a woman who um, has her husband kidnapped which is a role reversal. That's right. Flipping the script. I love it. I love it. And I was thinking that I could make my own character, but I really don't mind because I actually want to play this character. Yeah, predefined character. Predefined which was characters. It caught me by surprise as well. Yeah. But either way, I, I've heard it's only like 20 or so hours of an RPG, so I feel like that makes sense. It's not like you're totally investing it in this main character. But yeah, so she has to go find where her husband's been kidnapped, and there's kind of like a little bit of idea that it's a gang, but also like there's supernatural stuff going on and you're trying to figure out what's going on. So at the very beginning of the game is pretty rough. It's kind of intense. You're walking around and like looking at a bunch of people who are killed uh, and, you know, essentially going to find clues to find out your husband's whereabouts. So that's the setup of the game. And like I said, it's, it's the wild west, but it's also like supernatural. Like there might be monsters. Though I can can confirm, there is confirm there are definitely monsters. There's definitely yes. monsters, like straight up, really early. Uh, so that's the setup. And like I said before, you go in overworld and kind of go to different locations. And in locations, you you know do different things. Either like merchants are there, it's a little town. You're talking to people, or you're fighting and trying to you know get something. So that's the setup. I think the physics are really good. It's really fun because I've always liked these kind of games where do this one thing and these three other things in the map might react to it. You know, an example is like weird chain reactions with chain the reactions. Yeah. yeah. So you take the lantern, throw it at the oil on the ground. It burns the oil, blows up the barrels, kills the guys. Or another one is like there's chemical boxes or chemical barrels and kick them over. It makes all those chemicals and it poisons the people. So exactly. there's a lot of fun to be had with that. I thought the controls were really tight. It felt good. There's, like I said, there's slowdown mechanics. There's um, some leveling up, some power ups. That stuff doesn't feel super 
fleshed out and I can hear your opinion on it, but there's <laughs> there's I think there's less RPG-ness in this game and it feels more again akin to Dishonored, an action game. Yeah. Um which is not a bad thing. It's just that there are, you know, light RPG elements. Um yeah, in general, I really really enjoy it because I like the loop. I like going to a new place. Uh also like Far Cry, right? Where you go to a different like camp or something you got to take it out somehow and you're trying to figure out how you want to take it out whether it's stealth or throw the you know barrel at the barrel and i just like it it's just really fun and it seems like there's a lot of options like i was near this uh, chimney and uh you know uh i jumped on the roof of this building and saw this chimney and all the bad guys were inside and like i didn't alert any of them i just put a rope down because i had a rope and i like climbed down the chimney and I got inside that way. And then I like stealth yeah. killed some people. So like just having options like that, it's just really fun. Like that's my general thoughts. What are yours? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I um, I think this is a really interesting game. I, it feels to be, to be frank, it feels a little bit early. Um, I know it's out in kind of a quote unquote final, but I expect it to be patched pretty soon um, because a game like this where you're having physics things, you're having a lot of emergent gameplay, a lot of weird AI routines kind of happening. Um, that's a real tricky line to walk. So I feel like there's going to be some patches, but what I've seen so far, I really dig. Um, I like the, the wild West combined with horror. I mean, horror Westerns, one of my favorite things of all time. So I'm, I love this kind of like genre where you're like a cowboy, but there's like witches, there's, uh, there's monsters. Yeah. Um, your husband gets kidnapped by cannibals. And so you got to go after him before they eat him. And so there's all sorts of like weird things that you don't normally get in a Western game, which I think the theming is great. So I love that. I love the top down element. Um, I will say one thing that I'm a little bit uh, that I'm looking for a patch on is I feel like the difficulty can spike pretty wildly depending on what's going on. Um, I got into a couple fights where there were just like a lot of enemies and I'm like, okay, if we're going to be doing this real time combat, I need like a better gun or I need more life or something. And of course, you know, there's stealth. There are the environmental things that you talked about. I mean, maybe you could throw a can of gas over there and then shoot the can and then kill some of those guys first. Or maybe you could lead him into a poison trap or, or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm just starting this, so I'm kind of exploring where the limits are and how much you can do. But you can actually do quite a bit. I mean, you can climb on things, which is pretty unusual in an isometric game like this. Like, you can run and jump, and your jumps have inertia, and you can... Um, Get on top of a roof. Dodge roll, roll. baby. Yeah, Yeah, dodge roll. You can drop down, like you said, through skylights and through windows. You can climb into windows from the ground floor. Um, There's all sorts of like little details that you wouldn't really expect from first glance at a game like this. You you probably kind of expect it to be like an XCOM or something, but between the real time combat and all the physics that are happening, it's definitely um, it's definitely its own thing. Like it's really crazy and unpredictable and chaotic and action-packed and sometimes like the wildest really awesome stuff happens and sometimes you're just screwed because something happens that you weren't expecting like you you kick a guy the guy hits the horse the horse kicks the the oil can over right where you're standing and you weren't expecting it to fall over and then it catches fire and then all of a sudden you're a fireball and it didn't you know you didn't see that coming you didn't think it was going to happen but it happened and so i think that's awesome and at the same time like you really have to approach the game on its own terms so i'm i'm really excited about it i really like it I believe there are some other characters that you may unlock as you get further along. That's just a hunch. I'm not sure. Mm. Seems like there might be some more characters. And I, I agree with you that the upgrade system feels like it needs a little bit more work. And uh, I don't know about you. What system are you playing this on right now? What am I playing at? X, uh, PlayStation? Am I? PlayStation? Xbox? I, I think know. I'm playing a PlayStation. Yeah. 
One thing that I will say is I, I do have some struggles with the control system because I feel like you're doing a lot of finger gymnastics when you're doing some of the abilities. I kind of mentioned this on last week's episode with my wife, but it's like you have to ready your gun and then you have to push a button to get your power ready and then you have yeah. to push another button to actually do that. And if it was turn-based, no problem, but as you're doing real-time action, I found myself really struggling to be able to pull off some of those extra moves in the heat of battle. Like once people know you're there, like the jig is up, it's like, oh shit, like everything starts going down. And then it's like, I end up just like running around and shooting wildly because I'm trying to escape and it's it's a lot to handle in real time. You're not wrong um, because I, I I just remember I'm playing on a PC, but with a controller. Yeah. But still like, yeah, I just like abandoned my powers. Yeah. Like I didn't those, do a lot yeah. of them. I feel like some of them, like I got the power where you, you can do a sniper shot, which is silent. And that one you can take your time because usually you're sneaking up on people. No one's seen you. And so you have the time to push the three or four buttons and then you do a sniper shot and kill somebody. That works really well. But like in the heat of battle where it's like, oh, I'm going to um, push the button that makes everybody my um, friend for six seconds or something. It's just really hard to get to that button. I feel like it's it's a little bit too clunky. They need to like streamline that so you can get to those powers more effectively. Or maybe just make the whole game slow down super, 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 super slow so that you have a minute to breathe. And, and wrangle those controls. So that's one thing I'd like to see fixed. Also, some of the um, the AI stuff is a little bit crazy. I feel like they need to work on that. For example, um, in the very first town, one of your side quests is um, hire a deputy to go with you as an assistant uh, to go on a mission. Because you can hire, I think, up to two people to go with you uh, on every mission. So you've got like triple the firepower, right? So I'm like, okay, yes, that sounds like a good idea. What happened was the deputy was inside the upper floor of the bank. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I don't know why he would be upstairs in the bank, but my goal is clearly to recruit this guy. There's like a map marker and it's showing me this is exactly the guy. I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe it's testing me or something. Who knows, right? So I get up on the roof. I jump to one building, jump up to the other building, climb up. I got a rope, open up the, the window and I climb in. And as soon as I go in the building, it's like, you are trespassing. Watch out. Danger, danger. Oh, and I'm like, well, no. okay, I guess. But I got to recruit this guy. It's totally my quest. And so I walk into the room. The guy says, hey, you're not supposed to be here. And then I talk to him and he's like, sure, I'd love to join up with you. He joins up with me and he's like, I'm taking you in for trespassing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, he's he joined up with me. And then he immediately started shooting me because I was trespassing. But he was inside the bank where he's not supposed to be. So. Weird stuff like that happens. I've had a couple glitches. And so I love, I love, love, love what I'm seeing so far. But like we always say, I feel like the optimal experience will be in six months after I have a patch. Um, so I'm going to let it simmer for a little while because I really want to savor this one. I really want to like go through it and see everything there's. See, I had a blast with it, but I'm not a big fan of bugs and glitches. And I feel like it's just a little bit too glitchy for me right well, now. Well, I'll say this. I do know that you get. It's just almost like certain people are like not good with technology. I'm not. I got the I got that bad karma, bro. You got the electric like current the curse. flowing through your, the curse. your yes. hands when you have a controller, because you do find bugs and weird things. And I'm like, I never saw any of those ever. Um, so that's one thing, because that was a funny story. And that's though. true. That's true, man. That that's is true. very true. Secondly, they make a really good, and you got to admit, really good quick save system. Yes, it is. So good. this I is like save, do yes. whatever the fuck you want. And they even say that in the tutorial, like experiment, you know, like, and by the way, also good tutorial. I liked the tutorial quite a bit. Yep, it was good. It was good. It's like, try this, try this. And now quick save and quick load, quick save. And quick, I mean, it's so fast. 
Like, so that is really good. Like, yeah, all smart moves. All smart smart moves. moves. And so, all like, if moves. it fucks up or if that bug happens or if, you know, there's you, like, basically, if you alert too many people, you can be screwed. Yeah, um, you're, you're really screwed. You're really screwed. I, I have to ask you, do you have a horse in that game? I steal the horses and then they leave. <laughs> you know, that's my that's my one big thing that I will say that I want them to fix ASAP. You should start the game with a free horse because you're like a farmer. As the game begins, there's no reason you wouldn't have like a whole bunch of horses. That's true. You should. And even if you even if you don't have a horse, the horses should be way cheaper because how you play the game is you spend time going from place to place. If you don't have a horse, it takes a lot more time and it's harder to get away from people. And the horses, I think, are too expensive. Like I just I, I feel like it's a real basic part of being in a Western game. You got to give me at least one free. If I get my horse killed, that's on me. Yeah. But like, you got to start me with a horse. Dude, uh, Red Dead Redemption gives you a horse. Come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. And also, just one horse. you can steal any horse, though. That's what I've been doing. And that's just that they don't leave, though, or they don't stay. Yeah. You lose them as soon as you escape, yeah. which is kind of a bummer. So. Um, two more cons, then, while we're at it. One, my inventory limit was filled immediately. Oh, they got to get rid of that inventory limit. Man. They just yeah. turn it off because if you want to have RPG elements, then just turn it off because right now I was like, trying to sell things or, or salvage things. And I was like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I mean, this is a game where you're shooting cowboys who turn into werewolves and you're digging up zombies. Like, I, I don't think we're too concerned about reality. Get rid of the inventory limit. Get rid of it. Also, because there's a lot of fun stuff to find. Like, yes. I have, like, so many cool things in my inventory, but I can't, yeah, at some point I was it's, like... It's a drag, man. It's a drag to have to go through and drop something and pick something else up. It sucks. Yeah. The second con is from Skill Up. Um, again, I do recommend his YouTube channel, but I disagree with him here. He was basically saying, like, and I get his point, at least, is that there isn't really much of a story that's together. He said it made it sound like... He basically said, like, there's story vignettes... Where like you know there is a main storyline, which is you're trying to find your husband in the beginning, but then you're like figuring out about this bad guy and this kind of gang leader and what's going on with monsters. But it's just like each new thing he did was like this is a little separate thing, and now here's another little separate thing. I mean, I don't know that I can get on board with that, and also I don't know how much he played. I mean, I'm early days, and like I said, I think there's, I suspect strongly there's multiple characters, and I think that underneath multiple characters. There's also an overarching storyline, which they allude to in the beginning. I'm not going to spoil it here, but I, I think there very is uh, very much is going to be an ultimate storyline. Yeah. So I think maybe he's jumping the gun on that one. I think so, too. And also, I do understand, though, like Dishonored isn't, you know, it, it, a lot of the ex-developers uh, are from there. Like they weren't like super story heavy in those games. You know, it was like right. creating sandboxes, which I think they do well. Um, so even if it was that way later on, it, there wasn't enough meat on the bones. Um, I don't care. That's the point. Yeah, this just isn't that kind of game. That's this not is that like kind a of physics game. crazy, yeah. shooty, actiony game. It's not. You're not coming to this for the narrative. Yeah, I so I feel like that's why I disagreed. Okay, well that's my. It, that's it. I think we both enjoy it. You're yeah. gonna do the thing that Brad does, and he's gonna wait for a while. I am not. I'm gonna do the thing that Carlos does, and I'm just gonna probably finish it. Uh, because even with bugs and all, I just. I like the experience of it. You know, every night yeah. I kind of go in and go, okay, what what am I gonna see in this town? You know, so. It's very cool. And just to be clear, I think it's great, too. And I want the best possible experience. So, yeah, I'll I'll hit it when it's been patched a little bit. But I, I definitely want to get back to this. And like I said um, on the last show, and if you listen or not, but I feel like if this game pans out, if it if it continues in the way that I think it's going to continue and I don't hit any more bugs. I mean, this to me feels like a top 10 of the year so far. Nice. And by the way, I have to go back and listen to our episode that I wasn't on. I haven't heard it yet. Yep. 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 Thank, big thanks to my wife, Gina Galloway, for subbing Thank in the last you. minute. 
So there we go. Okay. Any final thoughts on Weird West? No, I think people should give it a chance. Don't listen to any negative reviews. I don't know. It's just And it's on it's, Game Pass. Check well, it out. Yeah, of course. No. But I just really, really like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. I like, it, like a lot, it too. So yeah. All right. Um also speaking of Game Pass and final game of the show, Crusader Kings Three. Oh, interesting. I've been looking at this. I didn't know it was on Game Pass. Oh, man. Man, it, yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. My, uh, I started playing it, and my son's like, "Oh yeah, are you playing on Game Pass?" I'm like, "It's on Game Pass." I like, go to the Game Pass. Yep, sure enough, it's right there. Uh, really caught me by surprise. But Weird West and Crusader Kings Three both on Game Pass this week. Boy, you know, I, I feel like we should be sponsored by Game Pass because we talk about it all the time. Yeah, but, uh, let's do it. We have, Microsoft, if you're listening, never my been, pockets are open. Fill them up, buddy. Dude, never been sponsored by anything. <laughs> I think so far. So let's do it. It's time. Somebody sponsor us, please. Uh, okay, so Crusader Kings 3. I've heard endless stories about this. Uh, in fact, Rowan Kaiser, uh, who used to be on the Josh and Jay podcast, which was one of my favorite podcasts of all time, it is no longer a podcast. I'm so sad. Uh, but everybody moved on. But Rowan Kaiser, uh, who's on Twitter, smart person. I love Rowan. Genius when it comes to um, you know tactical strategy, like really in-depth. I mean, I, I listen to them for almost all of my information about that sector of games because it's not something I'm super familiar with. It's usually PC heavy. It's, it's something I'm more of an action gamer in general. And so I, I didn't really dip a toe in. But whenever Rowan would talk about something, I'd be like, man, that sounds amazing. Like, And this was one that they talked about a lot where all sorts of weird stories, weird happenings. You play as like a king during you know medieval times or queen or whatever, and you take on this kingdom and there's all sorts of intrigue and you marry your kids off and who are they getting married to and what kind of skills do you have? And like, they would come to the show and talk about all these things that happened. I'm like, that sounds fucking bananas. I want to play that. Like, that sounds like my shit, right? And it finally, finally, finally came to console. And I jumped in at the first opportunity with, with the knowledge of people talking about it and what I've heard about it. And it just, it just seems so unique and special, right? So I download the game and you know, prefacing this with, like I just said, I'm a console gamer. I'm kind of an action gamer. Uh, you know, I do strategy. I do, you know, RPGs or whatever, but, uh, you know, not really a PC gamer. And I feel like this kind of a game is something that thrives on the PC. Um, you know, real menu based, real stat based, real map based, like a lot of details, a lot of tabs, a lot of windows and stuff. So <clears throat> I feel like it works okay on the Xbox, which is where I'm playing it. I don't have a problem with the interface, but I will say that as a game playing person of like, I don't know what, 40, 44 years, 45 years or whatever it is, however long I've been playing games, more than 40 years, certainly. Um, I started playing Crusader Kings 3 and I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now and I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, somebody please help me because this is like, it's like somebody got a stone tablet with Greek carved into it. And they're like, here, read this. And I'm like, I don't yeah. even know where to begin. You know what I'm saying? By the way, you are not alone. That's generally what happens with people in these games. And also, yeah, it's mainly made for PC. I'm amazed that they were able to pull it off. I'm not sure if it's well or not with the controller, but it's, it's supposed to be, yeah, it's very confusing. But what I think people play it for is the weird stories that come out of it. Yeah. Because think of like Civilization or any of those games where like, you make choices and then you see what that means. And exactly. you, you can tell a story afterwards and be like, Hey, this happened. Um, I have a couple from steam. I'll read you afterwards. But did you, did you at least like the playability of it on the controller or, <laughs> I mean, I will say that I feel like it's a good adaptation. I feel like the graphics were great. I feel like I, 
I was able to understand how to navigate between the windows. I mean, I felt like that wasn't a problem. I mean, controller implementation was fine and it looked fine. It ran fine, smooth and everything. But it was it was like somebody had dropped me off in the middle of a foreign country and had just said good luck because like yeah. I I went I tried to get through the tutorial. The tutorial's really long and it's so verbose. And it's not it, I wish it was the kind of tutorial where they start you off and then they're like, OK, do this thing. And then you go do it and then you see what happens and they kind of guide you step by step. Instead, they kind of tell you all this stuff up front and you don't really have a context for it. It's a lot to remember. There's so many steps. There's so many windows within windows and sub menus and menus and all these other choices. And it's like stats and numbers. And I'm like, dude, OK, like I hear these stories about somebody marrying somebody and somebody stabbing somebody and somebody poisoning somebody. That sounds awesome. Where's that part? Yeah. And I just like, dude, I just I, I, I quit the tutorials because I was getting overwhelmed. Right, My brain was full. I couldn't keep it straight anymore. My eyes were crossing. I'm like, no, no, no. OK, I'm going to just start the game. I'm going to just stumble my way through it and see what happens. Right. So I start the game. You have tons of choices from the beginning. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm already overwhelmed. I pick a dude. He's like an Irish guy. He's like in some weird land. I get a little kingdom and I start the game. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what do, I do I even do? do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then there's a button that says, here's some hints. So I'm like, okay, yes, please, please give me all the hints. It's like, marry your son, marry your brother. Uh, not to you, but to marry them off. Marry them off to somebody else. Start a war. Find a priest. I'm like, okay, let's do some of these things. And a couple of these things are like, well, this is not available for 10 years. I'm like, okay. Well, then why'd you tell me to do that? Okay, the next thing, marry somebody off. Okay, marry these people. You're going to marry her. I don't know why. You're going to marry this person, blah, blah, blah. And then what? Like, I don't I don't, I don't, don't even know what to do. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to play this game. I'm just sitting, <laughs> staring at the screen. Is, and the clock's counting down, and then like numbers are moving, and I'm like, "What's even happening? I don't even know what's going on." Is this a game? Am I am I am I playing a game? Yeah, I hear that a lot, and see a lot of the comments as well, like similar. But if you can figure out the menus and figure out, you know, get into the actual intrigue and all that stuff, there's some really interesting stories that could come out of it. Um, I, I'm afraid from what you just said because I I feel like I played like the first one a long time ago on PC. And it was the same type of thing. I was like, I don't know what this game is, um, but I, I heard it's good or something. It's got weird things. But here's some stories that can happen. Just to, for All right. the flip Give side. Give us an example. It. Here's an example. This is a Steam review from Panic on Steam. Uh, I have literally no idea what the hell I'm doing, but I made my infant my heir. Got poisoned. My infant ruled over everyone. Infant married some claim holder. I poisoned her and took over her land. Basically, I've just poisoned people and let this toddler rule. So don't even ask me how to play. I couldn't even tell you because I'm doing my best and I'm having a blast. See, that's exactly it, right? I think if you were able to figure this out, which I am not, um, this feels like a Kerbal Space Program to me where it's like numbers and menus. Mm. And I, I just I'm not smart enough to play this. I can't. I, You know, it, it's like we gaming is the thing where you need to have a lot of knowledge coming into it right and i feel like people who play pc games or play these games probably will have a much easier time getting into it but for someone like me who has basically no contextual knowledge of this genre or how to play this game it's like learning a brand new language and the developers i don't think really took that into account i don't think they are assuming they're going to get a lot of people who i mean they should because it's on xbox right that's that's all people on xbox well, that's the point yeah so it's like i wish they had done a, a better tutorial and had planned better for hey, I really like what this looks like and I think it would be cool, but I have no background knowledge on how to play this game. It's, it's like, it reminds me of board games, right? I think I ranted about this a while ago. Every time I buy a fucking board game, 
the worst manuals in the history of Earth are board game manuals because yeah. they assume you already know how to play all the board games. So it's like they write things in shorthand. They don't explain anything. You have to come at it with the knowledge that some players are going to have no context whatsoever. And I'm that guy, right? So like I come to this and I just I don't have the background knowledge. I don't have the familiarity. I don't have genre knowledge. And I need them to walk me, like, really walk me through it step by step. And they don't do that, so I'm struggling, like, really hard. What but, would, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but if you know that stuff, if you know these games, you're probably going to like it. It seems so fucking interesting, I just can't crack it. But remember, remember they made the Civilization game that was four consoles? Yes, yes. I forgot what it was called. But it was like, that's what, we're talk- that's what you're talking about, right? Like, that's porting an idea or a franchise, a brand, and then changing it a bit so it makes you know, more sense to console players are also just kind of a different version of it. Yeah. This is a port. That's all this is. That's why we're talking like this because yeah, exactly. there's nothing about it. It's just, it's the PC game. And they're like, Hey, do you think people on the console will play this? And someone at their company was like, yes, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, like it's on game pass. So it's kind of in quotes free for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if that'll be the one that gets people in because like I said, there was another civilization game that did it better. It's yeah, like, it's like, hey, you're doing some simulation stuff, but you're also doing some actiony stuff. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really want to like this game. When I hear Rowan talk about it, it sounds magical and so fun and awesome. And when I hear people share stories like that with the the, the baby poisoner and all that stuff, <laughs> it, I mean, it sounds great. But like the reality of that is, this game is so deep in its own systems, and it's so impenetrable to a newcomer to the genre like me i mean dude playing games for 40 plus years i know video games but video games are so wide and diverse this is a genre i have no experience in and it's not really helping me out even the tutorial even like starting out it's just even the hints it's just not enough man i need them to make like the baby version of this and just like spoon feed me and i i'm not too proud to accept that help because i i want that help so spoon speaking of spoon feeding here's one more review that i don't i'm trying to parse and understand the review just says my grandson had a child with his mom what Uh, wait what (laughs) wait how what uh i will say this too like i think like i want to try it uh just because it's on game pass but secondly you know, all the things you described are sound similar to like a Souls game, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's very true. I think people who are coming to Elden Ring for the very first time have a, a similar, although I will say not as bad. Not as you bad. Can just, you can wax up with a sword. You can, but, yeah, yeah. But you see what but I'm yeah, saying. The same, exactly. Like the same thing of like you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the background context. That's totally fair, and I think that's absolutely true. But in this particular case... Even if you don't know anything, you can jump and run and whack guys with a sword. You might get killed, but at least you can play the game. I, I don't even know how to play this game. I'm just staring at a screen but and scratching my head. you saying that makes me want to try it even more because I, I felt, yeah, like you said, it's different with Elden Ring, but like I felt similar going in to a Souls game. So I'm like, I don't even know what to do. And then I felt good about myself that I got it. It's almost like get good at Civ games. Is that a thing? I mean, I guess maybe it is now. I mean, it's on Game Pass, right? So download it, download it, and check it out, and let me know what you think. Because man, I it's done. I really want to get into it, but honestly, like real talk, I don't have the bandwidth or the brain power or the energy to like crack this nut right now. But I really would like to, but I, j- I just don't think it's for me right now. All right, tonight's a, a Game Pass night for me. I'm gonna um, start up Tunic finally, uh, which we haven't talked about. I don't think. Oh man, I'm gonna leave that to you because I was hot on that game, and then once I heard people talk about it, I cooled off immediately. I know, but there's a little it's an interesting Souls comparison there too. Anywho, I'm gonna try two difficult games. What's wrong with me? I'm now that Elden Ring is like poison me. 
You're like the hard. You're like the hardcore get good guy now. Well, I don't know what I am. All right, we're done. I need to. We're eat food. done. That's a show. That's a show. show. Thank you all for listening. As always, we want to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at SoVideoGames. You can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic listen, this week? Listen, people, I need only 2,000 more followers on TikTok, and then I get to 10K, which means I get to be in the creator fund. So this is about me. I know. I'm sorry. It's a plug. But please follow me. I mean, just me get out there. Get on TikTok. Subscribe to Carlos. Let's get him past 10K. Let this poor man monetize, please. I just try to make some extra money for, you know, video games. <laughs> we got to get this guy paid. He's doing all these all these videos, all these skits. Follow him on TikTok. Let's get him past 10K. It's at Carlos Rodella. It's just my name, at Carlos Rodella. Follow me. And, you know, you might laugh. That's all I'm saying. Give him a shot. As for me, same as always, on Twitter, on Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 278. Thank you again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye From Brad. And Bye From Carlos.